Welcome to Home Education Matters, the weekly podcast supporting you on your home education journey. Home Education Matters, the podcast to answer all your home education questions. Today, Eleanor and I are going to be talking about preconceptions of home education and how that has borne out in experience. So I'm Diane Wills and um, I'm a home educating parent of a 13-year-old girl who um, did um, go to school until the end of the first year of secondary school. It's actually my husband who takes the lead responsibility for home educating her because I'm the main breadwinner in the house and we've been home educating for coming up for about a year now. Eleanor would you like to introduce yourself? Yes so my name is Eleanor and I have been home educating it's a bit like the uh, it's a bit like the AA isn't it? My name is Eleanor and I have I have a problem with home education. No, I don't have any problems with home education. <laughs> my name is Eleanor and I've been home educating since the very start. So my children are now late, like mid to late teens. They're still home educated and we've home educated all the way through. So we've been at it for about 14, 15 years now. And yeah, and we don't know much different. So it's nice to talk to you, Diane, because you've obviously got both perspectives And I think one thing we wanted to talk about today was just what you sort of thought home education would be like, both as a process, but also as a community. And then what the reality has been, how you've experienced it in your first year as a home educator, because for me, it's all I've ever known. So I don't really sort of have have that sense of of, I didn't have expectations when I entered it because I didn't really enter. it. I just kind of fell into it. So (laughs) (laughs) do you think so, though? Did did you not? kind of choose it did you no I really didn't make an active choice Mm. I know I never I really never did although obviously Jean-Paul Sartre would say I made I make an active choice every (laughs) single day that I wake up and still do it but you know I don't really like Jean-Paul Sartre so I'm going to ignore that but no no I don't I don't think I I never made an active choice it was just something that circumstantially worked Mm. for us because we were living abroad and things like that and then when we came back to the UK I didn't even know it was a thing I just carried on keeping the children at home because I just liked it. And then it really wasn't until they were sort of eight and nine that I actually started joining home ed communities and realizing that it was a community thing that I had not really, I hadn't realized there were other people doing it and that they called it something and that they all met up. (laughs) That was like really new to me. And so I suppose in some ways I entered it with preconceptions because Mm -hmm. I remember very early on, Uh, One of the first things I went to was a swimming, like a swimming meetup. So my children were about seven and eight. And we went to the local swimming pool to meet up with some other home educators. We just moved to the area. And that's quite quite a thing to do, isn't it? Get in your swimming costume and meet people. (laughs) Looking back, it was a really bad decision. And I've never done a home ed swimming meetup since because (laughs) it was a disaster because the children obviously can't talk to each other in the swimming pool. like what are you going to have meaningful chats in the shallow end it's just not going to happen but actually I met a very good friend during that swimming play date because both of us felt you know pretty uncomfortable and we were just like shall we shall we go to the park yeah let's let's drive and go to the park but I remember I actually said to my partner at the time I said 
he says something like good luck on your you know good luck on your play date and I'm like come on it's a bunch of home educators how scary can it be and then actually I realized like within about two years that that was a massive underestimate of how scary home (laughs) educators can be and I often wonder what the collective noun would be for home educators Mm. and I think because I think you have a scare of crows or something murder of of crows I believe (laughs) I don't think it's a murder of home educators Let's not go there. But but I think possibly an intimidation of home educators might work because I do sometimes find the group meetups a little intimidating. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you. Have you do you mm. go to many of the meetups and, and do you find them a bit, you know, gulp? Um, well, we have a local one. I've only been once because it's usually Andy who takes Rosa to those. Um, I didn't find it particularly scary, it has to be said, but I did find it a little bit it's really unstructured and I don't know if that's a helpful thing or an unhelpful thing um because my certainly my daughter doesn't particularly want to communicate with anybody (laughs) and so she doesn't have to because there's no pressure on her to to do anything and I think that's that's okay um to a limited extent but I wonder whether it might be more helpful to to maybe from time to time have stuff I don't know to have something or a talk or a an activity or something like that I Um, agree and and it's interesting because obviously you know I home educate both of mine and my son particularly likes home ed meetups where there's something that they're all doing in parallel with each other whether it's kayaking or board games or something my daughter she just wants to go to starbucks and have cups of coffee with so i think it (laughs) really like her (laughs) (laughs) me too um but but realistically i think you kind of need to know like what the group is going to be like and if it's going to work for your child and the problem is um and i don't want to be all negative ninny but the problem is that when your children are teenagers when your home ed children are teenagers it can be quite difficult to find meetups depending where you are in the country and so to then be a bit picky about what the sort of meetup is that you know that makes it even harder well yeah and I feel quite strongly that we need to support it because I think it's you know like all of these things we you know we live in quite a small community so I think you know it's under threat so if we don't attend and other people don't attend then they you know it will it will kind of cease to exist and I think it's an important provision I just don't think it's perhaps evolved into what it could be yet um in what ways but, well I just think it could have I think it could be a point of more meaningful contact um with other families for the children to have more meaningful contact with other children and I think like I say it's left so unstructured and so relaxed I guess that um like I say if you have a child like mine she goes there and she basically sits there under quite extreme duress <laughs> waiting to go home waiting to go home you know um yeah and you know we're we're keen to build up her um social contacts and her social network and you know social skills yeah so it'd be nice to be able to do that a bit more I think I think one thing that possibly when you first come into home ed is that you sort of think that there'll be lots of regular group meetups and that everyone will sort of like get along and it'll all be fabulous but my experience right from very early days is that people go to the group meetups in order to find one-to-one friends that they Mm. then branch off into or little cliques which is the other Uh. thing that tends to happen is that you go to the big group meetups you find certain like-minded 
yes. parents and children and then you make your own little group that you don't really tell people about right. because you just want to keep it like a bunch of like four or five families and so yes. I find that the group meetups are almost like um like starter homes into home <laughs> education <laughs> that's a good analogy yeah and actually they're probably as badly built as starter homes <laughs> I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> I think they're well intentioned, aren't they? I think they are. And I think I think when it comes to preconceptions of home ed, did you tend to think, did you sort of think, oh, it's going to be lots of group meetups, like one a day, three or three a week or something like that? And how have you found that? Have you found it sort of as you were hoping, or is it a, is is it a bit underwhelming? I'm not sure what uh my preconceptions were about it actually i assumed i think that there would be a a thriving home ed community um because i'd i'd actually been interested in home education quite a long time ago when my eldest was um quite little and she's 18 now and we were living in a very kind of small rural part of um scotland at that time and i'd come out of a, a sort of major career and all of that sort of thing and I was trying to I was actually having a bit of a bit of a breakdown <laughs> bit of a crisis <laughs> bit of a crisis you know because I'd you know I'd gone from like a sort of London lifestyle career woman to having a, a, an unexpected baby so and then moving to Scotland um and so I kind of went all a bit earth mother, you know, for, for mm. a time mm. you know and um I, I think I was just sort of trying that on for size really and kind of wondering what that would be like and in the vicinity that we were living there were quite a few um mothers in particular who i would say kind of adopted that kind of parenting style um and i kind of tried to join in and i'd you know i'd be baking bread and i'd be like you know making jam and, all that. and if you know me that's that's just not me at all. <laughs> I, I i'm i'm definitely you know someone who pays for convenience um <laughs> <laughs> so, um so I'd, I'd sort of thought about home education at that stage because i'd had a really poor experience of the education system myself and and really didn't want my my children going through it but actually my my oldest daughter was and continues to be extremely headstrong and decided that she definitely wanted to go to school when when she was that age so you know, so we sent her to school and went down a very kind of conventional route. Did you find yourself that you then kind of exited out of this slightly uncomfortable uniform of Earth Mother and went back to more to your authentic self? Yeah, very much. So I definitely kind of that's when I started kind of putting on my kind of professional head again, um, putting on my yeah, putting on my work uniform, so to speak, and kind of got back into work in life and yeah found my way back a little bit more um to to who i am i think when you took rosa out then mm. was there was that one reason why you thought i'm going to carry on working and andy's going to do the main bulk of the home educating was it almost like a kind of fear that you didn't want to go back to this earth mother uniform that felt so uncomfortable no that was just different circumstances so we'd always we talked for quite a while about um so andy was always the main breadwinner and i was the kind of main parent if you like but andy had wanted to take voluntary redundancy he wasn't happy where he was working so we we had had this conversation about us kind of swapping roles um so that had, that had already happened so it was just natural for for him to 
take that role and um because he's you know i think he's he, he's just much better at it as well than than i would be um i think he's much more of a natural kind of teacher than than i would ever be yeah I, d I don't think that's a role that i would kind of comfortably fit and i don't i know you don't have to be that as a home educator but he he's just much better at, at that than me so it feels um yeah so it feels right for us and i feel very happy going out to work <laughs> <laughs> no i think that podcast that the two of you did actually that i think we released in kind of january february time so mm. and our listeners can sort of look that one up but it was a discussion between two home home educating parents i think was the title something like that yeah. and i think very much it came through that you were both very happy and content with your uh division of labor mm. you know and i think that really came through so i wonder if one of your preconceptions before you entered home education was that perhaps it would be populated by earth mothers or you yeah. know to a degree yeah and i yeah i don't mean to be disparaging <laughs> No, I consider myself a bit of an earth mother. And yeah, I absolutely. And I think, you know, I think, you know, it's it's a great, great thing to be. It's just not me at all, you know. Um, yeah, I, I sort of panic if I don't live somewhere near a co-op, you know. <laughs> if, if I'm not within 10 miles of a Starbucks, I come out in heights. So yeah. I, I feel you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I think I did. Um, and I think... I think I have seen that side of home education as well. And so, yeah, I, I think that was definitely kind of one of my preconceptions. And, and I think that's something that's been borne out in my experience to a, to a certain extent, or certainly people that uh, wish to convey that image, perhaps. Ooh, that, that's an interesting... <laughs> I'll let that one go because I really want to delve into that one, but I'll let it go. I'll let it go. But <laughs> one thing that I found is that when the children were younger, when they were like, say, between five and 11 or 12, that the meetups had a very different feel. They were much more unstructured and we were predominantly meeting earth mothers in, in, in inverted mm -hmm. commas and also unschoolers. And then yes. I found that as the children got sort of like 13 plus that the teens, the teen meetups and the teens that they hung out with would, was a different style and approach to home education because a lot of them had been pulled out of school wow. and a lot of them weren't doing it for ideological reasons which tends to be the earth mother style yes. but they were doing it more for school refusal reasons or school trauma reasons and so I we found that the meetups have changed in character quite a lot and the people that we met in the meetups and actually I found that quite refreshing because I wasn't oh. at all earth mothery. And then I started in the homemade community and a little bit like you, I found myself kind of feeling myself into that role. And then I went a bit over the top and was kind of, you know, juicing kale and things like that. <laughs> Although actually it's really good for you. Right? I've got to say. absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but then I think I sort of for a few years, I definitely went a bit too far on that side and now I feel that I've come like nicely into the middle and I think partly that has been helped by the home educators that we now meet as the children have got older because there's a certain amount more pragmatism about home education I think when the children are teenagers where it's almost like it's kind of hard it's kind of hard yeah. work and the exams yeah. are expensive and it's a, you know, it's a bit of a slog and you know and there's, there's a bit more realism whereas I think sometimes in the home ed communities when it's very full of ideological home educators which I consider myself to be one by the way mm. um, we can be so idealistic that it almost feels like if you're not loving every second you're doing it wrong 
<laughs> yeah and there's maybe something there's a parallel there maybe as well about just easing into parenting a bit and how the the scales fall from your eyes a little bit as the children get older you know I remember when my eldest was young you know and you know she'd have all these like little organic packed lunches that I'd you know cook lovingly for her and things, you, know? you know and by child number four you know if she's eating what's it's for breakfast then you know that's that fine is that is so true. And actually, it's funny because I very distinctly remember the first time I gave one of my children a pot noodle for lunch. And I remember thinking, this is it now. I have given up. <laughs> I've just slope. given up and I don't care anymore. I've made too many damn meals in my life. You're having a pot noodle. And, yeah. <laughs> and I do think it gets to the age when you've sort of like, you know, you've educated them. You've been with them the mm -hmm. whole time. You've made all the meals. You've done all the bedtimes. You've done all the discipline, especially if you're a single parent. And you end up just thinking, oh, just have a pot noodle. And yes. I don't care if you don't do your lessons. Who cares? Stuff it. <laughs> and I think that I think that definitely that definitely unfortunately it tends to come with the GCSE years, which is quite inconvenient. Because mm. if I'd ha ha had my enthusiasm that I had when they were five now, I think <laughs> we've been sliding through the A stars. Um, so. What other preconceptions do you think you had before you entered the home education community? Did you have any conception, for example, of the role of neurodiversity in home education? Well, um, I'm not sure I had any preconceptions about it, really. But I think I think what's borne out is certainly for for children that we meet who are Rosa's kind of age is that more along the lines of what you were saying about the teen meetup. So I think my experience currently of those children is that they're the children that are perhaps just not able to manage in the school system as it is because of neurodiversity issues or because of kind of trauma-based issues or all you know all of those kinds of things that that kind of tend to manifest most i suppose in the in the teenage sort of formative years but yeah I, i'm not sure that i I thought about that much beforehand. I think I thought it would be much more, as you said, lots of kind of ideological decisions um, and that we'd be quite unusual, actually, for, for pulling Rosa out for slightly different reasons. And actually, you know, having three other children in, in mainstream school and, you know, being very conventional. Yeah. So you haven't felt that sense that you've made a sort of different, you've had a different routine? Because I suspect, I mean, from what I can tell, that's quite a common routine nowadays, your routine. Yeah, it does seem to be now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I hadn't realised how common that was. And I've got, you know, I've got lots of friends at the moment that are, you know, their teens are struggling really badly at school and, you know, parents are considering home education and, you know, schools are sort of doing what they can, but obviously with really limited resources um so i'm you know i'm seeing that more and more now and it just you know it just reminds me of how um yeah why i was reticent about the school system to begin with i suppose all of those years ago are there any things that since you took rosa out are there any things that you kind of do you have any regrets i suppose is what i'm saying are there anything any times when you think god i wish we just left her in no, not at all, actually. I don't regret um, taking her out at all. I think she's had time to recover and she's much more kind of back to her old self. I think there are things that aren't perfect. Um, I do wish uh, we'd got an EHCP for her before she'd come out of school. So um, I know we've had a previous podcast on 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 that topic. Um, I think I wish I'd done that. 
It does seem um, that it's, I mean, that podcast with Karen was really helpful because it, obviously, I, it seems to be one of those things that if you can get an EHCP as a home educator, it's brilliant. But getting it is is really difficult. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. in the school system, it's more set up so that it's easier to yeah, do. Absolutely. I think when you're in a system, things, you know, that's what that's what the systems are designed to do, aren't they? However, kind of, you know, however full of fault they might be, they're kind of designed in a particular way. Um, so I kind of wish I'd done that. Um, yeah, but no, no regrets. I think I think we did the right thing and I think we did the right thing for our child. And we were you know, very lucky to be in the position to be able to kind of make that choice fairly easily. Um, I think she is now kind of thinking maybe she's ready to return to education at some point, but albeit in a slightly different different format, perhaps not the same. So school. I think. Not the same school, no, and probably not not in a mainstream secondary school. More like all, college, actually, but maybe something, maybe more like college. So she's she she'll be able to kind of think about that once she's fourteen later this year. I think that is a very common route for home <laughs> educators that they, um, when the child gets to fourteen, at least there's this option then of education that is other than school. Um, so actually, mm. that is a whole acronym in itself, but education where they're not having to go into the secondary school system. And unfortunately, uh, that's only really an English thing. There are some places in Wales and Scotland that do it, but I think it's less common. Um, but certainly I know that that is another reason, I think, why the teen meetups when when home ed teens get to a certain age, why they can be quite difficult. And actually, I am doing a podcast with my daughter who actually came to me and said she wanted to do a podcast right. with me about socialising as a teen, as a home educated teen. Um, and I have to prepare my listeners that I think it is probably going to be well you know what teenage girls are like I suspect it's not going to be like over <laughs> over endowed with positives but I think I think she actually <laughs> wanted to say you know that it is quite difficult socializing as a home ed teen because a lot of them do go to college at 14. Yeah and I didn't even know that and I think that's what surprises me about education and parenting completely you know as a general rule is that actually you don't really get told anything do you and I you know and you kind of just find these things out and it was only um by chatting at one of these parent meetups actually that you know that I happened to go to I was just chit-chatting to another parent and um she told me that her daughter went to college a few days a week and I didn't even know that sort of provision was there um you know and had I not gone you know Andy is definitely not a chit-chatter so he would not have found that out you know? <laughs> Think of all the nuggets so, of information you're missing out on. I know, because I, I just, you know, talk nonsense. But um... I think there is definitely, <laughs> I think there is definitely a kind of information blackout when it comes to educating our children. Because, for example, mm. lots of parents of schooled children don't realise you don't have to take eleven GCSEs. For example, you know, they they just yes. think, okay, that must be what all universities want, when actually yes. they don't. And I think that kind of thing is is information that actually could really arm us. And perhaps actually we should do a podcast sometime, Diane, for non-home educating parents to kind of give them all their options, because I think it's just not out there Absolutely. as information. No, well, no, that's right. And, you know, that's the thing. If you, um, you If you go through the system fairly conventionally without any kind of major issues, you kind of you don't necessarily need to know anything. But if there are any sort of slight diff factors of difference in your life, like neurodiversity or kind of, you know, you want to home educate or anything like that, you you know, there 
you really do have to sort of be quite resourceful and dig around for the information that's out there. And once you do dig around, I found that there is information out there, but you, you know, it won't be given to you. You have to kind of start that process off. I think that's exactly right. And I think, although you say that you, for sure you could just glide through the school system and not need to know it. Personally, I'm very 1970s and think knowledge is power and we should all know as much as possible mm. to arm ourselves. One thing I wondered was whether you have noticed any things in the home education world or as a home educator that have been a pleasant surprise. I know for me, I was really surprised. In hindsight, I've been really pleasantly surprised by how much it affects the relationship between the parent and child. I always, you know, you hear people saying, I could never do it. Like, this is the most mm. common response. Oh, I could never do that. I could never spend all day with my children. Because mm. if, you're, if your child is at school, they come back, they're tired, they're traumatized from school, possibly, possibly not. Mm. They've got lots of homework. It's a very different parenting experience. And one thing that I've been that probably is the, the most pleasurable surprise I've had from home educating is just how much your relationship as a parent with a child becomes like just center stage. And I wonder if there's any things that you found have become as a really pleasant surprise from home educating. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's right. I think that's definitely what's happened, certainly between Rosa and Andy and with me to, to a slightly lesser extent, because I'm not not there quite so much. Um, but that relationship has definitely developed and it has allowed Rosa to really develop her own personality and kind of come into her own. So that's been really lovely. I think what was a real, really pleasant surprise was was kind of how easy it was to deregister her and actually how easy it was to just do what we want to do. Um, I had kind of thought that there would be more rules around it or, you know, <clears throat> yeah, just kind of more things that you had to do or it'd be a really long drawn out process to deregister her and it would all be a nightmare because, you know, because basically it involves the state, and, mm. you know, all of that stuff. But yeah, that was that was a really pleasant surprise, really, that it was a really simple process. It's almost unnervingly simple. I mean, yeah. You know, it's almost yeah. like you kind of quiz yourself and think, is this like, I mean, actually, I, you know, due diligence, I've never actually done it. But, you know, when I sort of explain the process to other people, they're like, you just send an email, I'm just, just send an email and you're done. Bing. I know. <laughs> like, and it was should really I tell weird. the local authority? It's like, no, Absolutely. I don't need to tell anyone. And it was really peculiar in our case because the school never responded <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's really common. I know, but because, you know, when you go on the Facebook kind of forums and stuff on all the home ed kind of groups that, um, you know, there's often lots of kind of quite scary and sort of threatening things that parents are having to go through, like the schools are saying, oh, you can't do this and we want a meeting with you and blah, blah, blah. And we don't, we never even had an acknowledgement that. Did you feel you know, unloved? Well, we, we just sort of thought, have they got the, you know, have they got that? <laughs> you know, because we'd hand delivered a letter and we'd sent an email. So we were pretty sure they had got it, but we kind of thought, oh, so they were doing things properly. And I, you know, and that's great. But I think I perhaps expected someone, even her teacher, her class teacher to sort of get in touch and say, oh, you know, you know, is she okay or, or whatever. But so it felt quite peculiar that we just did it. And there was like, it was like tumbleweed. <laughs> I think sometimes it's a bit like a divorce, isn't it? Or like a breakup. It's like, depending on how the other person takes it, like they'll either just like complete blackout. What's it called? Ghost. They will just ghost you and that's it. Like that you know, you're dead to yeah, them. Ghosted. <laughs> or they'll just stalk you for the next six months trying to get you back. And I think that's yeah. the opposite when it comes to the school. Yeah, we were definitely ghosted. 
<laughs> I don't know what role the LA plays in that. They'd probably relate or something. No, they wouldn't be relate because they were just cat. They're they're like the. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what. Are they the mother-in-law? The really yeah. annoying mother-in-law, maybe? Although that's rude to mother-in-laws because I love my well, mother-in-law. Well, I would have been so fine, make mother -in Yeah. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> see, I wonder whether I wonder whether this is another sort of preconception that you had versus the reality is that you perhaps thought that LA would be like banging on your door, giving you loads of hassle, but actually you've, you've not mm. had that experience at all, right? No, and I did think that. And I think Andy and I were probably both gearing up a little bit for a fight metaphorically pushing our sleeves up because you know having you know having gone through the sort of battle if you like of getting rosa a diagnosis and you know you do have to kind of you know really push up your sleeves and kind of be quite assertive when when all of that's going on so i think we were kind of gearing up for another another one of those another round of actually you know we we need to assert ourselves as parents here but actually yeah our local authority has been fine we didn't hear from them for months again so we were like do they know don't they know and then when they did get in touch it was a really helpful email just to say oh you know whatever support we can offer you you know please just get in touch and you know and when we have got in touch with them they've been quite responsive and quite helpful so yes we i've had a very different experience to that um than perhaps i yeah that i imagined i would and that i know that some other people do have some other people do have really difficult relationships with the local authority i do understand that yeah it's difficult the whole local authority conversation is difficult particularly in the facebook groups because people come on and they say my la are so lovely and they'll find that um like about 20 really wizened old ho you know old home educators which i include myself as um will come on and say yeah well you know good for you but that's not everybody's experience and the no. reason we do that is because it's a bit like if somebody comes on and says oh you know i'm you know i'm suffering from depression and everyone comes on and says that's weird because i'm really happy and it's like <laughs> it's like they're not what you really want to hear like if you you know and so oh, i yeah. think I think sometimes we're quite precious about people who come on and say how wonderful the local authority are because for so many people it's not the case and it can be a bit triggering when you hear people go my LA bod came over and we had tea and they gave me a free yeah. laptop and it's like shut up yeah <laughs> yeah and we haven't had that extreme either that extreme. they just I think they just leave us alone and I think they're probably quite pleased you know in terms of resource issues to just you know pretty much ignore us you know? <laughs> It's interesting because in actual fact, the podcast with Karen Bonthron on EHCPs, mm. I said something along the lines of, you know, once you have an EHCP, you know, do you have to keep sort of like keep, you oh, know, yes. keep reapplying? And she said, she said, basically, they're just too busy to go through and evaluate every EHCP every year. Absolutely. So once you've got it. And I think it's a bit like that with with most LAs is that mm. they're just like, realistically do they have the time and energy to harass yes. home educators and some definitely do Portsmouth talking about you but other local yeah. authorities you know maybe not so much okay so my next question then is are there any are there any things that you found in the home education community or in home education in general that have been a bit of a disappointment or that you've thought wasn't expecting that um I don't know maybe Maybe some, uh, I don't know, maybe the lack of provision, although there is provision, I think you have to knock on quite a lot of doors 
to kind of find it and we're quite resourceful so I email people and I say oh we've got a daughter who's home educated would you be able to offer anything you know to the local kind of you know museums or whatever so I'm pretty resourceful like that but um, I guess it's not necessarily forthcoming and I guess it's not yeah I think even it like I say even if people do run schemes or they do run things they don't there's not really huge publicity about it so I think you just you, you just have to be quite on your toes with it and find things out for yourself so maybe that I guess I've um I've been a bit not surprised but I've become aware of you know you, you have these different kind of factions in the home ed community I think if we want to sort of group everybody into this kind of one community and I think I've become aware that and not meaning to be deliberately controversial I don't think but I've become aware that some for some home educators who are ideologically based um, I think it sometimes is about parents needs rather than what might be best for the children and I think that comes through sometimes that I've just become aware of that I suppose and I think we all we all do a bit of that don't we for you know when we're parents we all have to have our needs met and in all sorts of ways as well um but I think it's quite it's maybe more amplified in the home ed community because you know you've made quite a decision to you know either not send your child to school or to remove your child from school or to you know reject the conventional system and say so maybe it's just it just is more amplified when you've made those kinds of decisions do you mean from a kind of lifestyle perspective so they're sort of putting the needs of their lifestyle ahead of perhaps what the child what the child might actually want at the time yeah i think it is about lifestyle and i think it's probably also about unresolved stuff um from their own backgrounds um, and I suppose I say that because I, I had an awful experience at school. I, I absolutely loathed and despised school, secondary school. I had a terrible time and I pretty much left um, when I was about 13. Same age as Rosa, funnily enough. But um, in those days, no one kind of chased you up the road because you weren't going to school. <laughs> you know, they just kind of left you to it. And I, I've just been so conscious with my children about not trying to impose my kind of fear of school on them and for them to kind of just have their own experience of what school can be like and you know we've had mixed experiences so we've had children that have really thrived and really enjoyed school and obviously we've got Rosa who really didn't but I think I've been really conscious that you know my feelings are my feelings about that and that's not necessarily okay to project that onto my children and I'm I've just been aware in the home ed community that actually sometimes it that's what seems to be going on I know that may not sound very um, appealing to some listeners <laughs> no I think it's interesting what you say because in actual fact I agree but I also have noticed this very much in schooled parents. I've, mm. I've noticed very much that some school school parents, for want of a better word, that they keep their child in, in a school system when the child comes out every day sobbing and hating yes. it. But they keep their child in the system because it's almost like, well, that's what I did. I'm all right. 
you know, I coped, it'll build resilience. And it's about them, not about the child. So actually, interestingly, and I completely agree, you do see it in the homemade community as well, but I think that's just outrageous parenting. <laughs> I think yeah. it's just bad parenting. I don't know if that's unique to the home ed world. But one thing I do agree with you completely on as well is the the sense of factions within the home ed community. Mm. Hopefully this is something we will do a podcast on in the mm. future. But one thing that I was very surprised by, I think because I had expected it to be sort of like all kind of earth mothers and all ideological and things like that, was even from a very, very early age, I was surprised by the dichotomy between types of home educators so by which I mean unschoolers generally and more structured schoolers yes I found really early on that there was a real sense that the two didn't mix and I've always been a bit betwixt and between because Ah. I I tend to be very autonomous in my parenting but quite structured in my education and Ah. so I was kind of claimed by both sides and I found Mm. it like in a lot of the meetups I found that I would go and there would be an assumption that I was an unschooler and then I wasn't and then it all became a little awkward and we had the kind of tense tense moments yeah. where nobody really knew what to say to me and it was all and then there was definitely groups that I then didn't get invited to because I wasn't an unschooler and it was I found it interesting you know when my children were like six and seven mm. which as far as I was concerned they should just be mixing with everybody you know yes. as should I mean realistically I should be as people and that was the doors were quite firmly closed on a number of occasions because we weren't a particular type of home educator. Oh. And I found that quite difficult and unexpected because I had thought as soon as you said, I'm a home educator, that you would get like a T-shirt. Everyone would love you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yay, you're also a home educator. Let's like, you know, be BFFs forever. And like, <laughs> it was not like that. And I found... I found that quite difficult and I think that was something that personally I needed to go through because I've realized since that it's a bit like being a vegan if you're a <laughs> vegan it doesn't mean that all vegans love each other quite the opposite no, actually. Um, but it all but it, all it is is that you eat the same food and it's a bit like home educators we're not all the same and we will not all get on and we will not all want to hang out with each other mm. we just educate our children at home and that's the only thing that we actually have in common. And a lot of us do it for such different reasons that even that feels barely a common denominator. So I think I found that a little hard when I first started. And I ended up kind of f- trying to find a little tribe myself. Or, as I say, just in the end, I ended up just trying to be friends with everybody, a bit like a spaniel. I just ran up to every group just wanting to be best oh. friends. Yeah, and I guess I can compare that to being a school parent as well. You know, you hang out in the you know, I've hang hung out in the same playground for years and years now, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that I'm gonna hang out with the other parents that have also hung out in that school playground for years and years. Some of them I do. Um <laughs> but not not all of them. So yeah, I can I can see that. And I think I totally agree with what you were saying about um about school parents um you know, having the same sort of issues around, you know, deciding that their children are going to stay at school because that's what you do. You know, so I totally agree with you about that, even though the child might be in some distress. So you're you're one year in, nearly one academic year in. Mm. And would you say that there are any things that any knowledge that you would you've taken from this last year that you would take into the next year and kind of feel that you're more armed for the next year not that it's a battle but you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) it feels like a battle sometimes yeah I think it's just about knowing for for me education is brilliant and um 
you know, value in itself. But I think when we're talking about the school system and the education system in this country, um, I, from my point of view, it's about hoop jumping. So you have to jump through particular hoops to get to the next bit. And that's, you know, that's the way I've kind of viewed it. And I guess that's the way I've kind of um, conveyed it to, to my older children that actually to get to the life that you really want to be living, you need to do these bits first. So I think with home education, for me, it's just about focusing on those bits that we perhaps need to do um, and not worrying too much about not doing everything um, and certainly not doing everything perfectly because we don't. Um, but in terms of Rosa, for us, it's just about getting her through to the next bits that so that she can study things that she really enjoys studying and she can start to live her adolescent and young adult life in the way that she really wants to. That sounds lovely. That sounds like an ideal sort of uh, approach for the next year. And it sounds like that's, I mean, I suspect, you know, a year ago, if I'd have spoken to you, you'd have been maybe a bit nervous about home education. Maybe you'd mm. have been a bit unsure how it was going to work. And now it sounds like it's been a year of learning things. And now you're able to take that into your next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very steep learning curve. I think it's, um, you know, you learn a lot, I think, in a very short space of time and, you you know, there's a bit of panic and there's a bit of scrapping around and there's, you know, <laughs> all of this stuff that you have to do, but actually you learn pretty quickly and then, you know, once you kind of settle in, it kind of feels, feels better, feels, um, you know, feels that you can, you can kind of, you know, prioritise your own family's needs. Well, thanks for listening to us today and we will see you on the next Home Education Matters. Don't forget to like and share our Facebook group. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Home Education Matters podcast. See you at the next one. Have a lovely day. Bye.